Hey there, my name is Chloe Tonis, and welcome to this week's episode of Bite-Sized Cybercrime, the podcast where I delve into cybercrimes, what they exposed, and how they work. And this week we have a pretty big and infamous cybercrime. Now I mention this part because I'd actually heard of this cybercrime before I knew I wanted to go into cybersecurity, so I knew at some point I just had to cover it, and now is the time. If you are in a professional field, or are simply looking for a job, you probably use LinkedIn. If you don't, LinkedIn is basically an online resume and social networking site. You can just list your degrees, fancy certifications, projects, skills, and other things to impress employers. Some people also post strange non-work-related things to LinkedIn, but we're not going to talk about that, it's just something I've noticed a lot. And I don't know if this has happened to anyone else, but I added a few people from my school to LinkedIn, and now I just keep getting like a billion connections for people, even semi-adjacently related to those people, so that's nice. Anyways, weird people and spamming connections aside, LinkedIn is a website that has experienced quite a few major data breaches, so this episode is specifically about the 2012 data breach. Now that that's out of the way, let's talk about what happened here. On June 5th of 2012, LinkedIn was first breached and passwords were stolen from their databases. Now, if you know anything about password security and my opinions on it, you might be slightly relieved to hear that LinkedIn did hash their passwords. A hash is a one-way method of encryption that turns your password into a unique string of text, which can't be reversed. Even if you type your password in slightly differently, the hash will look completely different. So instead of storing passwords, passwords are converted into a hash when you log in, and the hash is compared to the hash in the database. Even though this is good, a hash alone is not the best method of storing passwords in a database, and let me explain why. Many hashing algorithms aren't exactly a secret, and anyone can use them to create a hash. Because of this, a new type of password attack was created using what is known as a rainbow table. A rainbow table is a table that matches common passwords to common hashing algorithms, and for some users with weak passwords, this effectively reverses the hash completely. Let's say your password is password, and it's hashed by an algorithm called MD5. And now let's say a hacker gets a database of the hashes. They can use that same MD5 algorithm to hash password, and then they can look up what that hash produced and find the hash for your password in the table and link it back to your account. However, rainbow table attacks can be mitigated using SALT. SALT is random data added along with your password to make the hash, again, completely different. A rainbow table doesn't account for SALT, and, well, LinkedIn didn't SALT their hash, which makes for a disappointing breakfast dish and an insecure password storage method that could cause users with weak passwords to be compromised using a rainbow table. At that time in 2012, it was believed 6.5 million passwords were uncovered and the accounts were stolen. Users could not log in anymore. Soon the passwords were reset and the old cracked passwords were made invalid. And, of course, users were made to change their passwords if they were affected. However, this 2012 incident would come back to bite LinkedIn four years later in 2016 when an additional 100 million email addresses and hash passwords were discovered and thought to be part of the initial breach. In response, LinkedIn just went nuclear and invalidated every single password that had not been changed since 2012, forcing users to change them. I am kind of surprised they went this route, but I do agree it was a good course of action, as it would invalidate every cracked password from the breach, as well as make cracking any more of them a complete waste of time. This next bit of information I'm going to discuss was revealed around the same time of the data breach, but is not necessarily relevant to it. Still, it's important to the context of the media response to the LinkedIn hack, so I decided to include it anyways. On iOS devices, the LinkedIn app was able to grab information from the device calendar, including notes, personal names, emails, locations, and times. 
Yes, your location and time of any calendar events. Without the user approving. Security experts from SkyCare Security said that this data was being sent to LinkedIn servers and could potentially be affected by the breach. LinkedIn also claims that they didn't store this data, and I don't know why you'd bother collecting it if you're not going to store it for some time, but as of now it has not become relevant in the data breach. And I mean, you never know, but given that it's another six years even from the 2016 incident, it's probably not going to become relevant. I find it a bit weird that this is something LinkedIn does, but apparently it's just to share your profile with people you're meeting with. But also, why would they need to send all that other data to their servers? Either way, none of this data has been breached and it was encrypted over SSL, or Secure Socket Layer, which is a method of encrypting data transmitted over the internet. For example, SSL is used on top of HTTP websites to make them HTTPS websites and secure the connection between you and the website. This was good practice at the time, and it still is, even though SSL is no longer the best encryption option over the web, being semi-replaced by TLS, or Transport Layer Security, in recent years. And that's the reason I say this isn't a huge deal. None of that data was breached. However, it's a bit creepy. According to LinkedIn, the feature did originally have to be enabled by the user, so it's not like it was secretly snatching calendar information behind your back. But I don't know, still a bit odd. In 2016, a Russian hacker named Yevgeny Nikulin was detained by police in Prague and was later charged with aggravated identity theft and computer intrusion. Of course, related to the hack of LinkedIn, otherwise I wouldn't be mentioning it in this episode, that would be weird. In 2020, he was finally sentenced to 88 months in prison for the attack. We don't know for certain how he hacked into LinkedIn, but one theory is that he sent malware to an employee at LinkedIn, likely through a phishing email, and was able to obtain that employee's login credentials. We don't know who this employee was or what their position was, but they either had access to the database containing account information, or the hacker managed to find a way to escalate privileges to get to that database. This is simply called privilege escalation, gaining a higher level of access into a system than you're supposed to have from an underprivileged user account. And this is especially useful if you get an account of, well, basically anyone in the whole company. Of course, LinkedIn recovered from this hack and is still a trusted social networking site, although it left a dark stain on their legacy, and it's now a textbook example of how not to store passwords. As in, it was in one of my textbooks. One last thing I will say that is crucial is that cracked passwords were almost likely weak ones, as even with a rainbow table, you need to have a password to hash in the first place. So if your password was complicated, like having multiple numbers, letters, and special characters in it, and was never breached before, you were likely to skirt by even a hack this big. My name is Chloe Tonus, and thank you for listening to this week's episode of Bite Size Cybercrime. I'd also like to give a thanks to Mashable, Reuters, and Forbes for providing me with information on this data breach. And until next time, make a complicated password and stay secure.